Let's start with a poem. This uh, poem is called Human Family by Maya Angelou. I note the obvious differences in the human family. Some of us are serious, some thrive on comedy, some declare their lives are lived as true profundity, and others claim they really live the real reality. The variety of our skin tones can confuse, bemuse, delight, brown and pink and beige and purple, tan and blue and white. I've sailed upon the seven seas and stopped in every land. I've seen the wonders of the world, not yet one common man. I know 10,000 women called Jane and Mary Jane, but I've not seen any two who really were the same. Mere twins are different, although their features jibe, and lovers think quite differently, or lovers think quite different thoughts while lying side by side. We love and lose in China, we weep on England's moors, and laugh and moan in Guinea, and thrive on Spanish shores. We seek success in Finland and born and die in Maine. In minor ways we differ, in major we're the same. I note the obvious differences between each sort and type, but we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. So good. Did you hear that? We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. Uh, the poem, I think, captures the essence of an African idea known as Ubuntu. Ubuntu, I am because of you. Or people are not people without other people. This idea was made popular in South Africa during apartheid. And the word apartheid, which literally means apartness, Archbishop Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela, both anti-apartheid or anti-apartness activists, used this concept of Ubuntu to call people toward radical reconciliation. Archbishop Desmond Tutu said this, Africans have a thing called Ubuntu. It is about the essence of being human. It is part of the gift that Africa will give the world. It embraces hospitality, caring about others, being willing to go the extra mile for the sake of another. We believe that a person is a person through other persons. That my humanity is caught up, bound up, inextricably with yours. When I dehumanize you, I inexorably dehumanize myself. The solitary human being is a contradiction in terms. Therefore, you seek to work for the common good because your humanity comes into its own in community, in belonging. Oh, the, this was the rally cry or the motto for these anti-apartheid leaders, uh, Ubuntu. Um, and what baffles me is that they had every right to retaliate with violence or turn the table, tables back on the people in power who segregated, imprisoned, and oppressed them. But instead, they chose a third way, 
Ubuntu, I am because we are. A message of unity. It's pretty radical. I think I could stop there. <laughs> Can I stop there? And I think this is the way of Jesus. It's the personification of the old Anabaptist phrase, when presented with two options, choose the third. It's also the radical embodiment of Jesus' words, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacemakers, or as a friend, uh, a pastor friend today said to me, architects of shalom. I like that. See, we are so prone to apartness, especially, I think, in the West. As Christ followers in Vancouver, we daily face the cultural forces of consumerism, individualism, and narcissism, all which are antithetical to the way of Jesus and are antithetical to this idea of Ubuntu. And we've seen what these forces can lead to. And... Uh, I think we need a bit of Ubuntu right now. Um, I don't know about you, maybe it's in these COVID times, but just tons of media, social media, news. I like comedy. I like watching talk shows. Unfortunately, my main news source for uh, American politics is probably Saturday Night Live, which I don't know is helpful or <laughs> unbalanced. I started feeling that it was a bit unbalanced. My news feed was a little bit unbalanced. So I was seeking um, new, new sources of news and input that were not the typical uh, things that I was hearing. And I won't say where I went, but I found one that was saying a different thing or on a different side or however you want to say it. And I was so frustrated. I was trying to... Uh, trying to balance my newsfeed, but this person, and again, I won't say who it is, was talking about the other side as if they were evil people, spawn of Satan, trying to kill and harm the world. They even showed an image on this newsfeed, and it was five of their politicians or leaders up in, in like a cloudy, kind of colorful, spectacular space. And below, it was dark and gloomy, and it was gray and black, uh, um, the, uh, the, the figures of the other side, five politicians and leaders down below. I was so frustrated, and the division was not inspiring to me. Um, I'm not sure about you, but I'm not easily persuaded by this type of hate speech. And it reminded me of this great, great uh, quote by Anne Lamont. She says, you can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. <laughs> uh, I want to do a, a sermon where I just read Anne Lamott, and I think uh, we, we'd all be better off for it. You can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. Oh, kind of stings a bit, actually. Um, if you've been around Artisan for a while, you know that my name is Scott Oliver McTaggart, and I am the pastor of community formation, and that usually my sermons turn into a sermon about community formation, and I'm okay with that. And I want to take a familiar passage today, and I want to kind of read it through this lens of Ubuntu, this lens of seeing others 
through this ancient concept. And incidentally, some sources say Ubuntu is about a 2,000-year-old philosophy. The scripture that I'm going to be reading today is roughly that age. Coincidence? I don't know. Maybe. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians. So if you have a Bible, open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a long letter, and it was a letter written to a church in Corinth um, addressing a young, divided church. Similar to Vancouver, actually, and similar to Vancouver, it was a port city. So it's a good setting to remind us. Very multicultural, a lot of temple prostitutes. Well, maybe that's not very similar to Vancouver. But um, that was a horrible joke. That's not even a joke. Um, I think there's a lot, though, that we can learn uh, about unity in diversity to help us in becoming a third-way church. And so I want to consider what this looks like for our church community. Uh, and I want to keep in mind the local, global, and historical church in mind, too, as we read this. So looking at our context in Artisan Church in Vancouver, but also in the back of your minds, think locally in our region, the downtown east side, Vancouver and lower mainland. Uh, globally, Christians across the globe, Canada, the west, east, the global south, and historically, the church across all time. So with that in mind, let's read 1 Corinthians 12, uh, chapter, yeah, chapter 12, verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. First thing that sticks out to me is that none of us are the full package deal. I mean, some of you are pretty close, but uh, let's face it. We don't have it all. We are not everything as individuals. And as individuals and as a church body. Uh, personally, I found immense joy in recognizing in myself the things I cannot do. I resonate with this poem by May Sarton. Now I become myself. It's taken many years and places. I have been dissolved and shaken, worn other people's faces. From personal experience, when you don't accept these limits, it's so easy to fall into the trap of comparison, which leads to insecurity, jealousy, disappointment, resentment, even sadness. Also, as a church, artisan church, we're not the complete package as a church. We need other Christians. We need other churches. I like thinking about this, that artisan is not everything. And I've been seeing this recently in our partnership with the downtown Eastside churches and the pastors group that meets monthly for prayer. It's sort of a beautiful picture, a simple picture of unity in the church in this region. We don't all hold the same values or opinions on certain matters, but we have one thing in common, that's Jesus, that's our love for God, the gospel for the church. Uh, it's a beautiful picture. And I think one example out of that is I've been, uh, we've been loving this space, this new space. I think one thing that is a little bit frustrating is because we're on a third floor 
in a very kind of high-end area of rail town here, it's not the most approachable place for anyone just to come off the street and into the space. Also COVID times, but um, just having a conversation with our friends at Jacob's Well, and they offered their space to us as a living room. And I think that's really beautiful. I think that's an example of we don't have to be everything, but we can lean on each other and use each other's resources, etc. So let's continue reading. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? You're getting the idea here. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I love thinking about God's action in this passage. That It says that he has placed the parts in the body. Think about that. You could be a part of this community because God has actually placed you here. That you have a unique part to play in this body called Artisan Church. We are, it says, many parts but one body. Another way to say this is in a body there is unity in diversity. This is us, team. Let's keep reading. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. I just see Ubuntu all over this. And the conclusion of this, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Are you hearing this? No division in the body, equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This really is the essence of Ubuntu. It's the essence of the gospel. I am because you are. If you are suffering, I am suffering. If you are rejoicing, I am rejoicing. I like the way the message says these verses. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on each other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. So 
So questions for you today. Where are you suffering? Where are you hurting right now? Where do you need healing? And also, what are you celebrating? Where are you flourishing right now? And I want to give us a simple assignment before we come to the table, and that is to seek out someone in our community who is hurting, who is suffering, and like the scripture says, like, like the message says, to get involved in the hurt, to feel the hurt that someone else is feeling, to mourn and grieve with them. Similarly, find someone who is celebrating or flourishing. As hard as it might be to acknowledge that and to celebrate someone else's flourishing, find them out, seek them out, celebrate with them. Get genuinely stoked about what is happening in their life. Maybe shoot them an encouraging text, pray for them. Can we try that this week? Simple assignment, simple message. Let's try it. And then the Spirit comes. And that's a little teaser for next week because it's Pentecost Sunday. Uh, but as we move to the table, we're reminded that Jesus is our center. And I just want to move this right here in the center. There we go. This is the reminder that Jesus is the center. The center is not the third way. The center is not Ubuntu. The center is Jesus. Because of Jesus, we can live into a third way. Because of Jesus, we can live into this value, this philosophy of Ubuntu. And normally we have our, our regular table um, litany and scriptures that we read with that. I felt led to go in a different direction tonight, and that is through Luke 24. It's the end of the Emmaus Road uh, encounter. If you're not familiar with it, look it up. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read the end of this passage. Starting in Luke 24, verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. First, I love that these two travelers felt the permission to plead with Jesus, stay with us. I think I might do the same thing if Jesus were with me, explaining how he connects the scriptures and the teachings. Stay with us, Jesus, stay with us. I also love that Jesus was able to be persuaded. So he went to stay with them. Okay, sure, I'll be with you. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way 
and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So Artisan Church, may you see God. May he be real to you. May you know that he is with you and for you. And if you've prepared some bread and wine or juice, take it now and remember the body broken, the blood shed out of love for you. Amen.